Now recording. Alright, well, hello everybody, and welcome to Cereal and Beer. Hello everyone, and today we have a very special edition of Cereal and Beer. For you see, yeah, we have, we have a guest. Star. That's right. Yeah. Man, we haven't had a guest star in a long, long time. Mm. I mean, it's Cereal and Beer and not, you know, another entree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, Adrian, what, what, what are you going to be if we're, we're cereal and beer, then, uh... Hmm. Be, uh, um, I'll, I'll be burgers. Uh, cereal and beer and burgers? I'm not too sure if that really goes along well with me. Um, <laughs> maybe sushi? Or maybe, okay. you know, like, maybe Taco Bell, but that kind of runs right <laughs> through me. So I'll stick with burgers right now. Hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> right. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it is okay. going tremendous. I'm so happy and glad to be on uh, you guys' podcast, Cereal and Beer. I've been listening to it for the longest time. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very happy to be here, guys. We're happy to have you. So, so for those of you who may not be in the know, Adrian and I also do the Walker Easy uh, Experience, another uh, podcast where we do uh, a lot of deep thinking and proselytizing <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've I've been listening to it for a, a while now. So, like, even though this is our first time that I'm, I get to talk with Adrian and to, to meet him, uh, I feel like I've, uh, you know, talked with you before because of you know how long I've uh, heard some of your podcasts. So, yeah, this is this is going to be a great experience. So. And yeah, for those of you who who have not been to the uh, uh, the Walker AC experience. Please go ahead and listen to that because it is a great show. Uh, one thing I like about your show is that uh, you guys actually have opposing views quite often, <laughs> and so I find that very interesting. And but you know, it's like, but you're, you guys are friends, and you know, so it's all civil, and you know, there's a really good dialogue that goes on. But it's like, but you guys, you, I, I feel that Kevin and I agree on a lot of stuff here. <laughs> So it's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, this is uh, this is interesting. So I, I really enjoy that about uh, listening to yours, uh, your podcast. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. Um, oh, oh, Kevin, please go ahead, Kevin. I mean, interrupt your, your oh, yeah. thought. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I agree with Jeff. Like Jeff and I are pretty like similar, and I always do think it's weird when we actually do have um, opposing views. Of course, the infamous one is our view on Panda Express. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and a while back, um, you know, in our younger days, we would talk about our type of women. That also is very contrasting. <laughs> yeah. You, you think she's good looking? What's, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there was probably only maybe one or two people that we both, like, agreed with. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know, maybe our tastes have changed. Maybe not. I'm not sure anymore. I don't know. Maybe next time we get together, we'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one of the I main know. things uh, I liked about um, your, your podcast that I still like about your podcast is, um, like I mentioned before, is the 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 friendship you guys have to where you guys can have a nice conversation, take a slight pause, and just go into something else. Um, it's not your standard um, sanitized 
podcast to where you guys have everything listed out A, B, C, and D. You guys kind of go with the flow. Um, you make your own topics. And it is um, just basically two friends talking, like I told Kevin before. And you know, to respond to you, Jeff, yeah, I, I feel like I've known you as well because I listen to you guys talk and and say everything to each other and it still sticks out of my mind and I constantly pick on Kevin about, you know, Kevin talks shit about Panda Express. That's my favorite line. Out of all the podcasts I've listened to you guys, that line cracks me up every single time. So I had to steal that and I had to mess with Kevin about it. Uh, man, are you guys just angling for a sponsorship? <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're going to have to dedicate a whole episode to like pros and cons. <laughs> but, uh, great debate. but before we get, before we get started here, um, let's, let's do our formal introductions because I mean, this is a crossover episode, so I'll let you guys go first. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, so my name is Jeff and, uh, yeah, I'm currently living in Japan, but I'm from America, and yeah, you know, I'm just a regular guy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> There's not much to say. Um, I spend a lot of time uh, teaching English uh, to little kids, and not my calling, <laughs> but that's what I do to make money. So, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Very nice. I am Kevin. I recently just moved back to the East Coast, very close to Adrian. Um, I've known both these wonderful gentlemen for a good, good long of the time of my life, and they're like my treasures in this world. Um, I also uh, met Jeff doing um, the English teaching thing or C's. It's a really good time, but also, you know, it's. It's, it's not the best thing in the world, but hey, it's still good. I'm a speech therapist now, which is it's okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I think we're all special in our own unique way, you know? And so it's, it's, uh, I try to think about that, you know, that weird uh, thinking of, yes, we're both similar and different at the same time. Um, and uh, also, I met Adrian working at the mall about 20 years ago. And, you know, working retail was like we basically had our own regional mall rats back then. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah. I guess uh, go go ahead, Kevin. I keep interrupting ahead, you, which makes for a horrible Adrian. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so go go ahead, please. I finish your thought. Oh, that's the end. Oh, sweet. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So my name is Adrian. Uh, I'm the proprietor, the sole owner um, of the Walker AC Experience. Um, I created it four years ago. Um, just on a whim, I created a podcast by accident. Um, my son needed a microphone because he was starting doing his YouTube channel and stuff of that nature. And I used to listen to podcasts all the time. So I figured just why not give it a shot? I've been told for many years I have a face for radio. So I'm going to use it to my full advantage. And I recorded a couple of shows, not even five minutes long. I posted it on YouTube. People liked it. So I just started doing it um, without not knowing what to do, how it works, anything of the sort. Um, so it became a mishmash of um, just shows maybe once a week, twice a week. A buddy of mine sold me his Blue Yeti microphone and I do it through my computer and 
I've been doing that. Yeah, I've been doing that for four years. And like uh, Kevin said, he and I go way back to the year 2000, where I met him when his family was running the kiosk. He liked wrestling. I like wrestling, and we had a camaraderie. And then you know, life happened and took us apart for many, many years. And all of a sudden, I see him doing a podcast. And I'm like, this is insane. So I quickly messaged him. And uh, yeah, this is where we're at. I've been doing a little bit of research on Serial and Beer, trying to find some classic episodes because I went on a particular site. I'm not too sure which one it was. um, And it showed all these episodes uh, that you guys have done. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to listen to them because I guess um, some of the files are corrupt or some of the files are missing. So I was on a scavenger hunt for the longest time for lost episodes uh, of you guys' podcast. So which brings me back to here, where I'm finally with uh, Jeff and Kevin. And, and we're, right now we're killing time, just uh, you know, you know, blowing smoke up each other's bum and uh, complimenting each other. So this is great. <laughs> yeah. Well... The reason that you can't find any of the old podcasts is because we delete the files. Uh, Because we aren't paying for space. And so every time we upload a file, um, another file has to go down. So, um, but it's also, you know, to protect our future careers as politicians. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to to leave any incriminating evidence. So it works out. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. The negative spin is that, yeah, uh, we're, we're cheap about it. The positive spin, it can be, it's a Buddhist thing. You gotta cherish it while it lasts. Hmm. Yep. You gotta live in the moment. Exactly. It's like those paintings that the, the monks make. They just wipe it away at the end of the day. Click the leaf. Well, that is awesome. So as we get started, I will gladly hand over the reins. To you and Jeff, because this is cereal and beer, so I will listen up and I will add my two cents whenever is necessary. Right, awesome. So uh, today we're gonna go back to a little bit to our old format with our various topics. The topic that is pretty current at the moment is the government's decision on um, not canceling student debts. So as many of other Americans. That are out there, including me, we were like, come on, give me that sweet, sweet relief. But alas, no. They were like, no, jerks, you don't have You get to be wage slaves for the rest of your lives. And so um, Biden and them were saying, okay, that, yeah, the fight's not over. And it's like, okay, well, are going to fight for us? And so I felt that, yeah, it's great. So, okay, better throw some more money at the government. Uh, gentlemen, have you any inputs? Well, I actually haven't been following that story very much. Um, like it, it's not huge news here. So, like I kind of uh, saw an article on like NPR or something, and then I just like scanned it briefly. But that, that's about all I know about it. Uh, how about you, Adrian? I've heard a little bit about it here and there because um, it's one of the main topics here in the States. And it's kind of a double-edged sword to me um, because obviously education is really important. But I believe that the financial aspects of it is just insane. Um, you go to school, you get a career hopefully out of it, and you spend a good ripe amount of your time paying that student loan back. 
instead of going for scholarships or just paying for it out of pocket. I believe that the student loan should be relieved because it's so much bloody money um, that's put on your head, that's held over you for many, many years to come. I mean, think about uh, you know doctors and lawyers and things that they go through, all the schooling and all the monies that's taken from their pockets, you know, just to achieve you know, that particular degree so they can have a, you know, so they can have a fruitful career. So should it be wiped out? Yes, I do believe so. And it's a bummer that it's not because we have so much debt already. It's ridiculous. I've also heard arguments about, oh, well, that hurts people who didn't go to school and penalizes them. Well, to me, I'm just like, well, then with that logic, I shouldn't have to pay for school tax then. I don't, you know, I don't want to pay for other people's kids. They're not going to help me. And, you know, bailouts are only for faceless corporations, only for, you know, Google and Amazon and big banks. It's good people, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I, I could see how people would be upset. And, like, I think there's a lot of, like, haterism out there as well. It's like, for, from the people that already paid their, you know, student debts, it's like, hey, I paid mine. It's like, no, no, next guy gets it for free. What's up with that? And so they're just hating. Um, so, yeah, there, there's probably that as well. Um, but, yeah, I think overall, uh, education does, is just too expensive. Um, and I don't think the education I received was worth it. Uh, <laughs> like, in terms of the, the knowledge that I gained from being in college. Like... I, I needed the, you know, the paper that said I graduated. Um, you know, I needed the diploma to, to get other, you know, to get my job and that kind of stuff. But I don't find that I actively used a, use a lot of the knowledge that I gained during my college years. And not only that, but for me, a lot of college was read the book. And that was about it. Like, you know, just, it's like, read the book, and then, like, after you read it, then the teacher talks about it, or the professor talks about it a little bit. But it's like, well, if you read the book, then you didn't really need to listen to the professor talk about it, because you already read it. Uh, and a lot of the professors I had were not any better than the books that I was reading. So, I don't know, it just seemed like a lot of money to spend on some like yeah on something that i didn't get a lot out of i feel but i don't know uh how about uh, your guys's uh experience well i'll say with that is i can agree with you on that one um, because a lot of the the knowledge and education we get 40 50 percent of it we're not going to use <laughs> like just think about like high school uh, algebra and calculus um very rarely we use that. So why should we have to pay for it? But I'm going to be hypocritical just for a split second. We can take that and we can put that into like insurance, like car insurance, the old Chris Rock joke. I pay car insurance for all these years. I don't get an accident, can get my money back. You know, what am I putting towards? Um, just like, you know, you're paying for school, paying all this money for school and only using part of the information. And I just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of, of student loans because I did it the hard way. 
Um, I use a little bit of you know scholarship money I had. I use that towards college, money out of my own pocket. So that's just my my spin on it. Uh, unfortunately, it's not a really good concrete answer, and I apologize for that in advance. But uh, Kevin, what do you think? Well. I also think that the college experience is also very formative. It does prepare you for a more professional career, and it develops you as a person. Being able to afford you new opportunities, um, both like personal and academic-wise, and expose you to different ideas. I think you go as a person. You know, you may not be able to meet a variety of people or be exposed to a breadth of knowledge in that way. I do agree that a lot of it is kind of like um, busy work, and it is kind of like. Like okay, a badge of honor. You when you went through all this craziness, you got you know spent all this money. Like here you go, you get a piece of paper says you did it. You know the ultimate you know um, the I guess decoration and but it's um I don't know. That's why I am still really loyal to my alma mater because that kind of like validates how much effort and money I put into it. Like yeah, I still wear the the t-shirts and everything just to let everybody know about my pedigree. Because it's got to be worth something. <laughs> also, I like to think if I became a supervillain, I'd probably make you know a version of of uh, Saw where people have to recall the information they learned. <laughs> so they have to learn. What, okay, tell me about the first ten presidents. Where you're gonna get your fingers chopped off? Oh, I'm dead already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. But yeah. So another. Um, I guess I just recalled the other uh, big story that came down is that there was a Supreme Court decision on cases dealing with um, affirmative action, and it was especially interesting because one school that I went to was part of it, UNC Go Go Tariels, and also um, uh, it was um, it, so the whole thing was that a conservative um, uh, action group that was challenging universities about how they're using affirmative action to have diversity and saying it was um, really uh, discriminatory. And so my knee-jerk reaction was like, ah, man, it's the man keeping us down again. Screw us, us minorities. Until I read more and I saw the Harvard case was actually about discriminating against Asians trying to get into school. I'm like, oh, no, let <laughs> her read more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I heard about that as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I think that was a bad bad war to pick uh, because you know I, I don't think we need to to work on you know fighting each other um, any more than we like people already are. Uh, I, I, I get, I understand, you know, how people can think, oh, you know, like affirmative action is unfair uh, because, you know, like the, the people who are the most worthy should be uh, allowed into school. It should be about the merit. Um, but it's, it's interesting that one of the things that they had cited uh, during like the old affirmative action cases was that uh, the university is not just about uh, allowing people to come in that, that did the best, but it's also about creating a space uh, or an environment for the students. And part of creating, creating the environment was to have a diverse student body so that people could learn from each other. 
and that uh, the, the college experience was not just about you know, doing really well to get into college and get a degree and get out, but it's also about the experience you have there and meeting different people. And uh, so there, uh, like the original case argument was that, uh, that it is good for the students uh, to have uh, a lot of different people. And so that's why uh, affirmative action is important. Hmm. Now, with that one, I really don't have too much input on that, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. Um, I believe that you know you get into school based upon you know your your grades, um, you know basically how much you're paying attention, and of course how bad you want that particular piece of paper, you know your degree and everything. Um, affirmative action, of course, me being an African American male, um, that definitely benefit me, you know, as well as you know you guys also, um, but. I just believe it's mainly just hard work getting in, you know, and not necessarily for, um, you know, for you know for using it as a melting pot, you know, uh, you know like to use it as a social uh, standard for it. So my my views on that are pretty much basic. So I apologize in advance. I really don't have too much to say about that. Um, yeah. So I'll chuck the ball on over to <laughs> to Jeff on that one. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, so um, I, I think one of the other, other things that gets overlooked is that everybody that gets in is qualified. It's not like they just, you know, get, like, people off the street and say, hey, you're a minority, come on in, you know? <laughs> it's like everybody that's, that's there, like, kind of deserves to be there. I, and if you're arguing about a 4.3 versus a 4.2 GPA, it's like, ah, you know, like, for, for me, like I, I was nowhere near any of that, so it, it didn't matter to me at all. But like, uh, I, I guess I would be pissed if I had, you know, worked my butt off and to get like a 4.4 GPA or whatever, and then, you know, someone with lower grades got in. I, I don't know, but I've never been in that situation, so I, I can't really say. <laughs> I don't know. How about you, Kevin? Well, I, I also think something that gets overlooked about. The, the education system and is that certain groups of people are disadvantaged and that there are people in power, people with privilege. They, they fail to recognize their own privilege and power. And that, you know, like, I think actually they should be going after legacy students. That's the thing, you know, if you're, mm. you're grandpappy and great grandpappy and, you know, you know, Charles Thurston before, you know, before you got in, got in, you got in, that's a problem. And that mm -hmm. it's not an even playing field out there, especially with issues such as privatization of, of, of schooling, charter schools, private schools, when it's going to become a segregated society all over again in, just in terms of wealth. And that I just see that when you've destabilized a certain group of people, it's so much harder for them to claw their way back, or if they ever were able to have a, an equal playing ground in the first place. So it's like a, a generational problem occurs and goes on and on and on and that it, it's subtle and that sometimes when you beat people down you only need to beat them down once and they stay down and so to me i think affirmative action still has a place because there, there are segments in america where if you want people to to improve their lot in life and, and therefore um improve their community's quality of life in the, in the people's their demographic they're still going to need help because there are people in power that will always do it and in all these issues that I see when it comes to diversity, 
it's always a certain group of people that, that always held the power that still made the decisions for everybody else. And I always have that irony over and over and over again. Yeah, because I mean, it's like um, affirmative action was what we had, like, from beginning of, you know, the, the founding of America up until, like, the actual affirmative action. Except it was, it was like the opposite, right? It was that we weren't letting other people in, we were just letting white people in and, uh, you know, white males in. Uh, and it didn't matter if they were mediocre, it didn't matter if there were more, like, smarter or better or, you know, whatever uh, minorities or women. It's like, nope, we're going to give this spot to a white male. Uh, and that, that was the system all the way up until they decided to say, hey, maybe we should change that. Uh, so, like, I, I had, I remember in, uh, there was like a book I read or something, it was like, uh, that the, the system was unfair up until, or for such a long time that, you know, it created this space where other people could not thrive, and so, uh, you know, this is just a correction of that, so, uh. But there's also um, a book that I had read about that was called The Tyranny of Merit. And this, uh, he is a philosopher, and he, the, the guy said that uh, we should have uh, entrance by a lottery. Um, and that uh, for schools, they should just, you know, take all the people that uh, were, like, I guess, have an acceptable GPA or acceptable scores or whatever and out of all those thousands of people, don't pick like the top 10 or top 20, uh, just hold like a, a lottery. And so the people that got in knew they got in by luck and that it was not because they're some kind of super genius and that they deserve to be there. Uh, so like that, I thought that that was like an interesting setup, um, but I don't know how much I would agree with that. No, no, not at all. I mean, it granted as entertaining as it would be, um, the the after effects out of that, the shockwaves out of that, would just last for just decades. Because if you really think about it, like you said, I mean, someone lucky could just get in, you know, by based off drawing a number, hypothetically speaking, just drawing a number, and the complaints, the the legal battles over that would just be crazy, because little Timmy, you know, with his high GPA you know, does not get in, but his backwoodsy neighbor gets in and, uh, and that just causes problems through and through. Um, to me, it really sounds like more or less of a squid game type uh, game to get into college. But, you know, that's well, definitely just me. I, I think the thing was that everybody that, that had applied that was qualified would get in. And so I think that the author was saying that there's not really a huge difference between someone with a 4.4 GPA and a 4.3 GPA. Or, you know, there, there are hundreds of people with a 4.4 GPA or whatever. And uh, so it, it's kind of an arbitrary, like, oh, well, this person played hockey or, or this person did this. And so it's like, and then the people that get in feel like they, you know, deserve everything in life that comes to them because they got in and because they got, you know, whatever. And his argument was that it was pretty much luck that they got in, but it's never acknowledged that it was luck that they got in. 
that there was someone that was equally qualified that did not get in. And that person was, you know, they didn't have, you know, whatever. They, they didn't play volleyball instead of, you know, basketball or whatever. And so I think his argument was that uh, if we have a lottery uh, of all the people worthy, and of course all of these people are worthy. It's, like, it's not, you know, you're not just getting people off the street. But like um, that there would be a modicum of humbleness, I guess. Mm. That, you know, you got in, but you know you got in because it was luck. And you, you don't have that junk with you where you're just like, well, I deserve it. And then the people that did not get in are not like, oh, man, I didn't get in. I must be stupid. It's like, oh, I'm really smart, but I didn't get in because it was bad luck. And so I'm just going to go someplace else and do my best over there. And so, like, it, uh, like his argument was that uh, meritocracy is actually not a good system and as i said i don't know how much i buy into his arguments here um because you know meritocracy is very much based like you know it's it's you know it's huge in america you know and we always think that uh, if you work hard uh you know you you will succeed and it's part of you know it's the american dream right that if you do something and you work hard and whatever then you'll get what you deserve um but the other thing that he was saying about that was that it's also very oppressive because uh, if you are uh, not, you know, uh, an elite or you are not a CEO or you are not someone great, it's your fault. And it's because you're dumb and it's because you didn't work hard enough. And he said that that's a very oppressive system. And like when it's often not, not even the case of that, it's just that you didn't have the opportunity or uh, you were not in a position where you could thrive. So, I, I don't know. That, that, that was his argument. I'm, I'm just recapping his argument, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how much I believe it either, so I, I yeah. It's a, pretty inter- it's a pretty interesting theory, and I really don't think it would work, um, but it's, it's really interesting to hear something like that. And uh, I'll definitely lob it back to Kevin on that one. Um, yeah, because I mean, from what you described, I really, it's, it's interesting to hear. It's very, I'll just keep it like that. It's very interesting to hear. It, no, I mean, I, I can understand how it could like, kind of like, ugh. <laughs> like when you hear that, you're just like, ugh. Like, like that's what I felt when I first read it as well. I was just like, ugh, what is this guy? <laughs> you know, this is, this is dumb, you know? Like, I, I honestly, I, I thought that he was crazy. And I, I, like, and I had written a long rant about like, you know, all the, you know, like just, oh, this guy's stupid and, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a different viewpoint. And like I said, I don't know how much I agree with it. I, I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> I, I can see where the guy is coming from. I think because of the meritocracy and the positive work that is so deeply ingrained in the fabric of what it even means to be an American. It's so challenging and so, so kind of like easy for us to be like, that's ridiculous, that's stupid. But I think there is some sort of validity to it all. Is that, you know, when you've got some momentum going, it leads to more momentum and more and more and more and more. And so you may end up successful because you started off well. And any hiccups along the way may have set you back permanently. Or if, you know, the odds were against you from the beginning, you know. America loves an underdog story. America loves a rags to riches story. They love it because it's the part of the American dream. But it may not 
be as as um, equal and as as um, advantageous to all people. And so I just think all I gotta do is start a charter school and sync it up with the Powerball, everybody, and also form around a cult so I don't have to pay taxes. And so <laughs> who's with me who wants to start mission on privatization and this and do the lottery system? Well, I mean, if we can figure worse comes to worse, we can we can start our own church because they really don't get taxes, uh, you know, as well. So, you know, we did a church of uh, cereal and beer, and uh, you know, Ooh. we're definitely we're definitely taking all the you know we're definitely taking all the profits, and uh, everything will go towards us. So we don't have to worry about you know like government coming after us for it. That's right. Take that. <laughs> just gonna just gonna get some uniforms, <laughs> some chanting, some gossip. <laughs> So, well, okay, yeah. So I guess, uh, do you do you believe in the American dream? Uh, do you do you believe that anybody can make it to the top, and all they need is grit? I'm going to say no on that one, just because um, living the American dream, being here in America, and being spoon fed the um, the ideals of it. Um, you know, go to school go to college, work hard, the harder you work, the more opportunities that you'll get, and you will succeed. You will become that millionaire and have that car and the home and the white picket fence and everything of the sort. I believe it all boils down to um, opportunity. And not necessarily that, it's mainly just uh, who you know, you know, and being someplace, you know, the right place at the right time. Um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely beneficial to work hard and to build up your value as a human being uh, and, and doing that. But once again, I really think it's you know, based upon being at the right place at the right time. Um, working and being a millionaire, all good in theory, but no, I think it only gets you really so far. Really, really so far. Okay, yeah, how about you, Kevin? I totally agree. Um, it is the right place at the right time. Yeah, so many X factors. Like, like you know, if you're if you're conventionally good looking, you've got a big advantage. Yeah, even time periods, you know, some some more um some of our more conservative friends they think, oh yeah, they glamorize the forties and fifties, and I'm like, yeah, it was great if you're of that demographic. If you were not, that'd be really bad. <laughs> it's like mm. if you went back in time, but not for me. Mm. I'm the ethnic person. That'd be really bad. Um, and so, and it, I always think about how much of success is, is is a ratio of work to luck. Whichever one has a greater percentage, I don't know. We can't know. We just don't know. And you know, we can only control so much of, of our work. Sometimes, I think it was in Star Trek where they said that you can do everything right and still fail. Sometimes I still feel that way now, but <laughs> it. You know, we just gotta think, and I think that's also a very interesting point to think about when it comes to Western and Eastern kind of um, thinking. I think sometimes uh, people are more okay in like I guess Eastern thinking sometimes with what happens, like oh that's just that's just um, how it goes, you know. You know, sometimes not. Sometimes there are people who just like, you know, they're like, 
will we'll, we'll, you know as soon as you're 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 bored it's like get to work here's a book learn to read fool perfect urban have a successful company you know you're five already and um you know it, or here where it's just like you know it's like you can make it you you, you know like how are you gonna make it i don't know go get instagram rich i don't know mm. it's it's a super odd sometimes think what you know what it takes to be successful and or, or even what success even means hmm well, yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please, go ahead. Uh, well, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what uh, Kevin was saying, uh, was that Warren Buffett also said that, you know, I'm very lucky that I was born where I was at the time I was because, you know, my skill set fits the, the needs of this period. But if I was born in another country uh, or, you know, I probably wouldn't be rich. Like, cause you know he he does all the stock trading and stuff. So it's like, and he said, if I was born in a in a in an era where there weren't stocks, then you know what would I be? I'd probably be like a mediocre shoemaker. And so he said, you know, there, like everything is, like I I don't know if he went as far as to say that everything is luck, but he just acknowledged that the reason he is where he is is not because you know a hundred percent of his you know, hard work, but it's also uh, just, you know, the circumstances. Yes, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I kind of took the words out of my mouth there. Uh, yeah, pretty much success in the American dream is more circumstantial than anything. Um, I hate to even say it, um, but it's more of a generational thing. Um, nowadays, you can have that American dream. You can be everything you want to be to, you know, based upon your looks, based upon luck based upon where you were, where, you know, where you were, where you were raised. Um, the social media, for example, I hate to even bring this up, but anyone can become internet famous, you know, Instagram and, um, you know, um, good Lord, like Facebook or, or even OnlyFans. You, be, you could become famous out of that. You can make millions of dollars out of that versus before any of that stuff was created. Yes, you had to work really hard, but if you were a particular minority, particular race, the American dream was much more difficult. You know, you know, like judging upon, once again, it's all about the generational thing, it's all about the time period. Very nice, very nice. So, um, speaking of uh, dreams, uh, I'd like to talk about some entertainment. Huh. So, okay. uh, I've been watching two very things to me. Number one is the new season of Black Mirror. And uh, so those of you have, that have not watched Black Mirror, I highly, highly recommend it. It is a sci-fi anthology and it's bizarre. It is darker than midnight and space. <laughs> it's so like, like, it's coming out strong. It's exploring these themes about, about humanity's relationship with technology. Have you guys ever seen Black Mirror? Nope. No, no, never have. Oh man, get yourself to your new your your Netflix portal and check it out. It's just it's just very powerful messages from how social media affects people, or the possibilities of virtual reality, or how um, cloning can be a thing, or or robots, or androids, or uploading our consciousness to to something, or. Or just you know being hunted down by killer killer 
particular cyborgs. It's just very thought provoking, and most of it's like pitch black dark. There are a couple episodes that are like you know a little more like on the hopeful side, but I highly recommend it. Um, so us of all, you know, we've got to the nineties. If at any point were any of you suspicious of technology? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, there was that period of time where, um, like, the internet was like magic, right? <laughs> and like, you know, we we'll just make computer viruses or whatever, and like that's like in the Independence Day, <laughs> like where we'll just yeah upload a virus into the uh, the alien ship. Um, and it, yeah, you know, there was that period where, where the internet was magic. Um, but I don't think I ever felt like, yeah, like it was anything like that. Um, I don't know. How about you, Adrian? When, for example, the internet first came out, to me, I just saw like a shiny, a shiny new toy. Um, I saw it as a replacement of uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Or, you know, just it automatically replaces a library. First thing I did was I just did searches, you know, for history pieces and to see how far the internet can go while, you know, while my other friends were looking at adult stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so I just saw it as an opportunity, you know, like just, you know, just, you know, just to broaden, just to broaden my mind and actually see what's out there and to see what I was told was, was, you know, like a truth or was it lies stuff like that. So I spent an absorbent amount of time online just looking up stuff. Um, never once thinking that this new intelligence is going to ruin us or take over or turn into some weird robot chaos terminator type deal. Um, and I still think that I, I don't believe that AI is going to, you know, turn into uh, judgment day and load nukes and kill us all and take over like the machines or anything. But you know, I, I just use it as just something just, just to expand my mind a little bit because I won't lie. Um, there are occasions where I can say halfway decent intelligent things. Um, otherwise, I am three shades of stupid, but I can play it off really well. Um, but, but other than that, no, uh, I just took uh, the invention of the Internet, you know, just to just to look up things and just to be curious. Um, aside from the weird adult nature that's out there. So, mm. so. Um, we all got through Y2K. Did anybody know anybody that got really scared during that time period? Never. Again, mm, yeah. I, I don't think I... I, yeah, I mean, I, I knew people that were worried, but like not like they drew out their life savings from the bank or anything like that. No, I. Okay, all right. When when the whole Y2K thing came out, um, I where was I at? Um, I was living in Orlando, and it didn't hit me not at all because as we're getting towards a new year, I'm like, wait a second. Other countries are way ahead of us as far as the whole Y2K thing, so their year flipped over already, and no one's dead. No bombs have been launched, so I think I'm okay. So I'm gonna go to bed and get up to go to work and go to work the next day. Mm. Pretty good. Speaking of um, fear, another really great series that I'm uh, watching that just came out is Secret Invasion. It's a, a Marvel series based on um, comic events. So basically, um, Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, has come back to Earth 
and he's been working with the, uh, the Skrulls, who are an alien race that can shapeshift and disguise themselves as anybody on Earth. And so it's a spy thriller, it's really exciting, and it's, you know, tied to the Marvel Universe. Um, has anybody known anything about this? Um, I thought the Skrulls were the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's like, a couple good guys, but, you know, mainly bad guys. Samuel Jackson is working with them? Um, he was trying to help them out, because, uh, in Captain Marvel the movie, um, their, their world got destroyed by the Kree. And they're like, okay, so we'll help you guys out. Uh, if you come protect the Earth, uh, we'll let you, we're gonna find a new home for you. But then the, the events of Ginny Gauntlet went, you know, went down, the Kree was gone, the skulls felt the betrayed, and so a faction of them were trying to take over the Earth. Huh? Hmm. I don't know. Did, do you do you follow that? Uh, do you follow uh, the MCU, uh, Adrian? Um, no, I do not. Um, I tried a couple of times, um, but unfortunately, due to um, work and just the rigors of life, I haven't really sat down and watched it. Um, I watch a whole lot of trailers. But for whatever reason, it never really interests me, and I'm just unsure why. I just I watched, I tried, uh, Kevin, but I just couldn't do it. So that's not, uh, not really my deal. Um, I'm mainly stuck in the '90s as far as movies go. Um, I can recite any kind of movie from the '90s, early 2000s, rap music from '90s and early 2000s. Other than that, it just doesn't really hold my interest. Speaking of rap music, Jeff, you have a, a, a top comment on that. Okay, yeah. So actually, I was, I was going to ask everybody, um, who do you think was the best rapper producer? And who, who is the best rapper producer at rapping? And who is the best rapper producer at producing? <laughs> so in terms of rapper, like I, I'm thinking... Like off the top of my head, I think like JD, Puff Daddy, Kanye West, uh, Timbaland. Um, uh, yeah, maybe those four. I don't know. Was, uh, Dr. Dre. Um, can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Hmm. Uh, uh, I, I would say uh, Dr. Dre, of course. Is the best rapper, producer? <laughs> or what, what, uh, which one for, for rapping or for producing uh, producing producing okay best okay, rapper then... that covers a lot of ground um, hmm for 90s but, I mean uh, of the rapper producers oh gotcha so uh, uh, out of, yeah out of those like five people or whoever else <laughs> but not like Tupac or Biggie <laughs> right <laughs> um I would have to say Dr. Dre. I, I, I really would. Um, because, you know, you get... Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I guess you get Eminem out of it. But um, mm -hmm. um, I'll listen to you guys' opinions first, and then maybe I'll uh, alter my decision a little bit. Okay, no, no, no. That, yeah, that's, that's a solid choice. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Dre for both rapping and for producing. Okay. Yes, because, I mean, he All did... Right. Well, he did the song Natural Born Killers. And... That song is amazing. You can play it to this day, and and it's it's still really really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also All want right. to give a shout out to the RZA. The RZA's great. Oh yeah, the RZA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know he's pretty strong on the mic. You know, but I just like as as good on the mic as he is, 
intensity, and I just think his producing is even better. You know, it just—he's just solid. I like—I just I like all his work. Hmm. Okay. Also. Wow. So there is a for both the rapping and for the producing. Uh yeah, pretty yeah. I think he's pretty strong. Pretty strong. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now, now, now oh, what, yeah, what, what well, about what about you, Jeff? Yeah, like I, I was thinking about it, and I, I think for me, the best producer would be Timbaland, um, because I just like you know his beats, and like, I I thought it was just very interesting and very uh, novel what he he brought to the game. Um, not the best rapper. Uh, um, <laughs> But so yeah, but for rapper, like, I, yeah, I think maybe it would be Dr. Dre, maybe, uh, be, just because of his, like, just uh, like talent and voice and like all that stuff. But honestly, there's not a lot that I could point to from Dr. Dre. <laughs> like, a lot of his songs wouldn't make my top ten list. I don't think. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of difficult for me, so I, I wasn't really sure. That's why I wanted to get your guys' input. So, well, no worries. Actually, I have a question for you. This is kind of kind of a ticking time bomb, kind of a kind of a question. Um, what are your top three best rappers and your top three worst? Ooh, ooh, this is a spicy mm. one. Mmm. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that's yeah, that's pretty difficult. Um, <laughs> well, well, here, why yeah, you, I, you guys think? Uh, I'll give you my top three best and top three worst. Now, granted, okay. I may stumble and thumper on, on a little bit, a little bit of these, but here, um, I will go top three best ones: uh, Run DMC, uh, Public Enemy. And Wu Tang Clan, top three. Oh man! Now, okay. the top three worst. You may you may not have heard of them, so who knows? Here we go. Um, top three worst. I would say the House of Pain because they only had one ah. song. <laughs> Jump which, around. Yes, which got played <laughs> religiously. Like <laughs> <laughs> you offended so many wedding parties. <laughs> Uh, uh, number two, Criss Cross. Ooh. Is this a jumping theme? <laughs> um, and number three, which, to his credit, Vanilla Ice. Okay. Rip Van Winkle. You did the ninja rap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. Uh. All right, Kevin. How about you? Are you ready, or should, oh, I, should I jump um, in? You see, I don't. I don't want to like uh, copy Adrian, but those are like amazing groups. I want to add um, the Beastie Boys. I really enjoy them, and I feel like they got better with time. You know, uh, you know, R.I.P. Ad Rock. You know, uh, be, let's see who else was I thinking. I think like more, some more indie guys like the Tribe Called Quest, 
because they were just so foundational with like that boom bap type of sound that just really was really cool to, to, to um, hear and um, I just uh, I think a group that sometimes goes under under notice times Jurassic 5 I like how mm. they kind of just went back to the old school and just kept kept it fresh I really enjoyed the, the way they did that thing you know so you know I think some of the like lesser less the mainstream groups should get a shout out um, you know, there's a lot that are out there. I mean, you go real to deeper cuts like, you know, Jedi Mind Tricks or, um, uh, or KRS-One, something like that. But, um, mm-hmm. I'd say for the top three. For the bottom three, oof, that is gonna be interesting. Um, I think Mr. Cole's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he was the worst part of that ludicrous song. Let's see. Um, another one that just just great for me. Oh, Jaw Rule. The reason between mm. Jaw Rule, not just because the whole fire festival fiasco, but because he tried to sing. <laughs> like as a rapper, like I would check the mark. I would check the box like, yes, you are a rapper. That's all you'll get from me. But when you start to sing, well, then I'm sorry. That just really hurts your, your cause. Um, for the third, just another dishonorable mention. Oof. I'm going to have to try to think about... Um, hmm. I want to say... Oof. Who was I thinking? I, f- I don't know why, like, Lil Bow Wow just got to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, come on, man. It's like, you were always the shadow of Snoop, and you never got out of it. It's as if, we, it's, it's as if, um, you know, Nickelodeon was like, okay, guys, we need somebody that can rap, all right? <laughs> who, can, who can be on our, our, you know, who can guest star on, um, on like, Clarissa knows it all, but I Carly and still rap. Mm. And here you go, shove them out into like you know, into the world. I just didn't really care for it. How about you? Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think number one would have to be a Notorious B.I.G. Uh, yeah. I just I really liked a lot of his stuff, um, and like I could still listen to it now. Uh, his like it. His rhyme, like I guess the, the the rhyme scheme that he employed was always like unpredictable. Like he, I, I don't know. It's it's just very interesting. It's an interesting style. Uh, I think, even though I'm from the West Coast, I think he is better than Tupac. Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, I because like he did a, th- a song with Bone Thugs and Harmony, right? N- Notorious Thugs. Uh, Tupac did a, th- uh, a song with Bone Thugs and Harmony, which was like Thug Love or something like that. And like the, the B.I.G. did way better. Like, and he he you know employed the style that they used as well. Uh, going back to Cali, he used the West Coast style. Uh, like, so he, the way he was able to switch up different styles and, and put it into his own songs, I thought it was like I I think he's great. He's a great storyteller. Um, very yeah, just overall very well, uh, well written rhymes and stuff. Um, number two, I would put uh, Nas. I think. 
Mm. I really like Nas for some reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I know he's probably not on the top five for a lot of people, but I, I think he has a lot of staying power. And like even listening to a lot of his old stuff, I think it's really good. Um, Illmatic was a good album. Uh, Stillmatic was, I think, even the better album. Um, I think I've talked about his song uh, Rewind like a bunch, where he, he talks about like events going backwards uh and it, it's just super clever um and i think for number three i would have black thought from the roots uh because he's just really talented uh, very knowledgeable uh he did that like what 15 minute freestyle on some kind of radio show and it was just amazing um so yeah i, I think he's really talented as well so those would be my top three uh, my bottom three would be um, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I, I know that's kind of, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people are not going to like that, but I just can't get into his style. Like, ah, he, he annoys me. Um, <laughs> Juvenile um, from the 90s, uh, early 90s, or late 90s. Um, like with back that ass up, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, yeah, like that whole like and Little Wayne as well from that era. Um, I think Little Little Wayne got better over time, but uh, like that that era of Little Wayne and Juvenile and all that stuff was pretty bad. Uh, and Master P, I think Master oh, P was oh, annoying. Good I, luck, good I, like that that was just the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> like just like his thing was saying uh. Like, oh man, that just pissed me off to no end. It's just like all of his songs, he'd be like, uh, like what the hell is that? Yeah, those, those would be my bottom three, dude. Yeah, I I like those. Um, Adrian, remember when Master P got into wrestling? Uh, yes, it was Master P and the No Limit Soldiers wrestled on WCW. They get paid a lot of money and they cannot wrestle worth the lick. And, uh, yeah, they did the whole hootie hoo thing, which was really, really annoying. And for those of you millennials who have not heard that, Google Master P hootie hoo. That song was stuck in your head like a fungus, and it will irritate you to no end. That, that should be the new Rick Roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, those are, those are solid bottom choices, man. <laughs> And actually, well, actually, one more question for you guys before I turn it back over to you. Um, what what rapper or rap group that's that's unknown um, to to the world that you would probably recommend someone to try out? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. So why you guys think I'll go first? Uh, there's this group I listened to in the 2000s. Uh, they're called Lords of Brooklyn. Um, and a whole lot of people compared them to the Beastie Boys, um, but Lords of Brooklyn—they're really, really good. Um, they have a—they have a few CDs. Wow, millennials! A few CDs that are out. Um, but yes, Lords with a Z, because that was popular back then. Uh, Lords of Brooklyn—they're really, really good. Beastie Boys kind of flavor-ish, um, and yeah, it's really, really good. I highly recommend them. Very nice. I like that. Yeah, I, I like. I like the Lords with the Z. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Because you're right, that that was the flavor of this of the decade. 
got one. Okay. So one of my favorite uh, groups out there is M-Flow. It's a Japanese duo, Verbal and uh, DJ Taku. Taku. Um, they're just solid. Top, like, they originally a trio, and um, they did like uh, kind of like experimental hip hop as well. Although it's still mainstream to get a lot of play, and just it was just you know I just fell in love at first listen, and just did so many uh, collaborations. He even did uh, collaborations with uh, Pharrell, and that's how I learned about like you know like the the brands like a Baiting Ape. And just uh, really amazing stuff. Like it just, it just, it's familiar enough and yet experimental enough to be easily digestible. Hmm. Right. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I I like M Flow as well. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm mostly into mainstream. So. Uh. I I don't know. Would would styles of beyond count? As underground or like not well known. Have you got? Have you guys heard of Styles of Beyond? No, no, never had. I mean, uh, uh, tell us about that. Okay, uh, so uh, I guess uh, they're they're probably mostly linked with Mike Shinoda of uh, Linkin Park, uh, like Fort Minor, and uh, so yeah, they did some. Some rap stuff. <laughs> it was pretty good. I I enjoy it. Uh, I th I think uh, that they're pretty talented, and uh, I think they had an album. Well, I think their last album was like six or seven years ago, so it's it's not like new. But um, yeah, I I enjoy listening to them. Mm, nice. I, I, you know, I might I might have to give them a shot. Mm. Oh, I like that. Right. Okay. Um, I also have a random, uh, I guess, point of discussion for you guys. Okay, so one of the themes of uh, Cyril and Beer is seeing the world through an Asian American lens. And so, okay, so in you guys' lives, how many times have you either, you know, heard people say, I don't care what people think of me? Yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear that a lot. Okay, okay. Adrian, how about you? Oh, yes, absolutely, all the time. Okay, you see, I don't think they really mean that. I, <laughs> it's, I think in, it, it's like, what, in Game of Thrones, where, like, I think, well, the character said that, and then another one's like, oh, that's what you want people to think that you think. You see, they don't. They do not ever really know what it means. You know who doesn't give a one flying fuck about what people think is old Asian people. That's who doesn't give a shit about <laughs> what they think. They will burp as loud as they can. They'll fart as loud as they can. They'll wear clothes that's like like from the 30s. They, they'll, they'll wear those crazy like gloves and a visor. So, so the, the, the skin doesn't get, you know, tanned. They will, mm. they will, they will wear frocks to a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I think, you know, I think old people in general are like that. But yeah, uh, from my experience, uh, old Asian people are especially, yeah. But, you know, like, I'm getting, well, no, I still care. 
<laughs> I still care what people think. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm slowly getting to like where I'm caring less. Uh, but yeah, I, I probably still care. Well, I mean, you, uh, something special happened to me when I turned 40. Um, something magical is called the fuck it 40s. And mm-hmm. with the fuck it 40s, you start to care less and less about the uh, opinions of the outside world. I mean, yes, you will take hints. You know, someone tells you, hey, your breath is bad, your flies open. Of course, you're going to make proper adjustments. But um, the older I get, the less I care. It's not because I don't like people. It's just because I'm more self-aware with myself now. And I understand what my expectations and likes and dislikes are. So if someone really doesn't care for, you know, for my style of clothing or the way I speak or the particular cologne I wear, I just really don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> um, or as my mother would say, I give half a fuck um, about what anybody else says about me. So, and, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm much happier that way. It's, it's come to the point where I just, I give up on trying to have my mom and dad abide by Western rules. Like, it's just like, yeah, go ahead and let it rip that we sit down and eat hot dogs Costco. I'm just, I'm not going to stop you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I give up and you win. <laughs> like, yeah, use your outdoor voice at all times. <laughs> go ahead. I, again, I don't have the energy to fight anymore. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna join the dark side, you know. Like go to, like when I go to the gym, I wear those shirts where you can see the nipples on the side. I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've been embraced it. <laughs> I've had a haircut in three months, so I don't care. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no. I just think it's funny. Uh, and uh, and of course uh, now as uh, the show is coming to a close. Uh, I'll have you guys do your rants. I'm 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 very excited to hear a live version of you know you you and Jeff's rants. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So uh, have any rants ready, uh, Kevin? Yeah. Um. Let's see. Flossing. <laughs> Flossing is okay. So like, I just don't even know what to do anymore. You see, now I'm hearing, like, okay, now it doesn't matter to floss. But I'm like, it does to me, because I can feel the difference. I don't know if the placebo effect, because, um, you know, I am one of those people that use those weird little, like, uh, U-shaped picks. And, like, mm-hmm. I can't be bothered to do what the ones where you wrap around your finger and basically mm-hmm. stare at your teeth. I can't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, <laughs> and, like, those little toothpaste-looking things, I'm just going to scratch my precious gums that way. And it's, <laughs> I just don't get mm-hmm. to do it. So yep. new picks are nothing, and that mm-hmm. I want to see more. Like I want to see more ran- randomized control studies of the effectiveness of of doing it. Kind of because I want to know know how to do it right. Because one, like I think about five years ago, a dentist pointed out that I was brushing my teeth all wrong. I'm like, so you've been telling me I reached this age, I've been doing it wrong, and now I forgot what she wanted me to do, and now I'm still doing it wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. man. But yeah, I, I seconded the, the, the picks, the U-shaped picks, like, mm-hmm. and I, I remember because you, you, you got me on those, uh, because you said, like, I, I don't like to have my fist in my mouth. 
<laughs> and I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Jeff? Do you have any uh, input on flossing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I brush my teeth uh, two to three times a day. Um, I'm a horrible flosser. I will, I'll, I will be the first to admit that. Uh, my dentists love me. Uh, I need to, to do better at flossing. Much, much better. And, I, you know, I was shown as a little kid the right way to do it, but I was always worried about getting that string between my teeth or caught in between my teeth or slicing my gum. So I was always concerned about that. So I do floss, but not as often, you know, not as often as uh, I, I, I like to. Hmm. Yeah, my, my teeth are janky, so <laughs> the gap between them is kind of like, like, oh, the floss isn't going to go through here, no. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, it's like, and so other teeth have like this big gap, so it's like, I don't even have to bother with floss with this one. <laughs> so, yeah, um, hmm, okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let's see. Um, my <laughs> my rant was kind of inspired by uh, one of your guys' discussions. I, I don't know if you actually discussed it, but it sounded kind of like in the vein of what you guys uh, were talking about. And it's about, uh, you know, enjoying what you do and, you know, how if you should enjoy your job uh, or how important it, it is to um, have that kind of fulfillment. And <laughs> I remember thinking... Um, that not everybody should enjoy their job. <laughs> and <laughs> there are some jobs that you should just not enjoy doing. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry to say it, but like, if you're enjoying your job, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, like, like what, executioner? And, yeah, for like, an example, an executioner. Um, <laughs> like a mall Santa. Like, I don't think mall Santas should enjoy their job. <laughs> like, you know, could you imagine the interview? You're just like, oh, what's your qualification? Like, I really love having little children sit on my lap. Like, oh, okay, the job for you. <laughs> so yeah, like I think uh, you know, as much as everybody says you should, you know, do what you enjoy, and you should, or you should enjoy, you know, getting paid and stuff. There are some jobs where, like, I'm sorry, but you should not enjoy what you do. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks. Hmm. I, I'll I'll definitely agree with that one. And wow, my rant does not even come close. <laughs> <laughs> to, to that amazing rant you just gave, um, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I started to think of other jobs that people do that I would look at them. And I'll go, I would never ever do that job, and I don't see how you can enjoy it. Uh, more or less, you know, mm -hmm. people have jobs that they have to do, but what makes you mm -hmm. want to become a you know a, a sewage cleaner, or what makes you want to mm -hmm. become you know uh, you know a pest control person and stuff like that? I don't want anything creepy crawling on me. I don't want to smell fecal matter, more or less clean it with my hands or a tool. No, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You really shouldn't love a job like that. That's kind of weird. Um, my rant is um, about nervousness, about nerves. Why are we nervous? I don't understand it. Yes, I understand that there's a small fear into trying things, but why are we nervous about talking to people or doing a particular job or going to an interview or trying a new food for the life of me as I get older there are certain things that I start to question or just really don't understand I don't understand being nervous um, when I broached the idea about doing a crossover episode with you guys I was extremely nervous 
because you guys, to me, are extremely intelligent, can have a good conversation, like I've said before, and then you have me. Basically, I'm Schmucky the Clown coming into you guys' uh, you know, podcast world, trying to interact and try to have intelligent conversations. Sometimes I stumble over my words or certain things go over my head, and I get nervous about it. So during this whole podcast, I was nervous, and I kept asking myself, why am I nervous? It's irritating. I shouldn't be nervous. These guys are my friends, and I should just enjoy it. But once again, nerves get in the way, and I'm not too sure why we even experience that now as we get older. It's a good one. Very nice. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you're wonderful. I think, you know, having you here it has been wonderful. And, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I, there's absolutely nothing to be nervous about uh and yeah i mean this isn't the the cleanest cut uh podcast out there <laughs> uh i think we do a lot of stumbling over words too so yeah i mean everything has been absolutely awesome but yeah um nervousness that that is weird i think it, it's just yeah probably a, a thing about um a fear of failure uh no one wants to fail or you know get embarrassed or or things like that um but one one of the things i get nervous about well i don't know if nervous would be the right word uh i I feel a lot of anxiety when i pick out a movie to rent (laughs) Um, it's really weird yeah like i'm like like i I get really nervous at that point like i'm like there's just so much selection i'm just like ah but well, like, uh, and of course, you know, during work stuff and like serious stuff, I get, I get nervous as well. But yeah, what is the point of that? I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, what are your thoughts on it, Kevin? It's probably just that, you know, your amygdala, amygdala just over-firing, you know? Like, I just, yeah, I admit, I feel just pain of, you know, I've been hovering on something on Netflix. It's like, should I watch the new American Gladiators documentary? <laughs> I don't want to waste my time. You know, <laughs> that we must night. <laughs> I think it does boil down to a fear of failure and a fear of judgment. We're like people be like, "Oh, look at him! What a moron!" <laughs> there he goes again, clicking on board. <laughs> so yeah, I think you know, every it's natural. I think people always have, have a certain sort of nervousness like um witnessing it is like um okay so starbucks has this crazy new drink that's uh, a mix of coffee drink and olive oil and you know i was sitting having coffee with a friend and this girl was you know trying to promote it and she just came up and the way she was putting out there was just like god uh, like just the way she was just acting, like, I know you're going to hate this, but please try it. And she kind of just, like, you know, ran, ran, ran away like a scared rabbit at the end. I'm just like, it wasn't so bad. It's okay, you know. I just want to comfort her. It's like, it's cool. Don't worry. So it's, 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 you know, I have empathy for people who, you know, are, are, are showing that in real life as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's not bad yeah. at all. And uh, as, as the show comes to a close, um, I'll have you guys do your do your plugs or if you guys have anything else by all means the floor is all yours right. Right, it's for the show mm. yeah 
Never come prepared. <laughs> that's, that's, we're, not, we're not supposed to be. <laughs> so, let's see. Well, well, okay, we always buy my time. Hey, where can they find us? Ah, yes. Okay, so uh, our home is uh, on Spotify. No, not, it's not on Spotify. <laughs> Sorry, it's on Podomatic. Our home is on Podomatic. Um, but you could also catch us on Spotify and uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, I think. Uh, so, yeah, uh, check us out at those places. And But yeah, you're probably most likely uh, you know, looking at our Facebook and clicking on it from there. But, uh, yeah, and I'd like to thank uh, Adrian as well, because recently we've also been hosted. Uh, he's been uh, hosting our podcasts on uh, his site as well, so... Uh, I'd like you to point you over there. Uh, so, yeah, Adrian, could you could you tell us about where they can find you? Uh, yes, um, you can find me on um, walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. I am honored to host uh, Serial and Beer on 22 free different platforms. Uh, all you have to do is do a search for the Walker AC Experience. It'll bring up... Um, all the podcasts uh, we are on anywhere from iHeart from iHeart Radio to Pandora to Spotify to Google Podcast to Samsung Podcast to Good Pods, everywhere else in between. Um, in the links below, you'll see all of the free apps that you can download on your phone and listen to the Walker AC experience. Unfortunately. The Stitcher app is no longer going to be in service. They're shutting it down later this month. So that brings us down to 21 free different platforms that you can find us on. So cereal and beer will be everywhere. All you have to do is just type in a search. And that's how you can find myself. That's how you can find uh, Kevin and Jeff also. Wow. Man, yeah, we're, we're keeping our stuff like exclusive. Like we're, like we're Kanye West. <laughs> we don't release on Spotify. <laughs> Not on purpose, uh, just you know, from from a lack of ability. <laughs> well, well, um, I'm, okay, well, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's wonderful, man. That's no problem. I mean, um, like I said, I uh, stumbled upon your show once I got reconnected with Kevin, and I want to make sure everybody listens to it. And yeah, 22, diff- 22 free different platforms you guys can find us on. And eventually, uh, we're going to open up a Twitch stream so we can um, do live versions of our podcast. So I would love to have you guys uh, on there as well. Oh, yeah. Gasp. Mm. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So real quick, uh, shout outs. I want to shout out people who don't buy illegal fireworks from Fourth of July. I always, I always think about that census quote, but celebrate the founding of your country by a small part of it. And that people just never learn their lessons. They just kind of go down and buy some crazy M80s and risk their life and limb, you know, blowing stuff up at 2 a.m. So thank you for not doing that. It's scaring animals and people with PST, PTSD and just, you know, valuing your fingers. <laughs> because uh, yeah, this is uh, America. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I guess my my shout out goes to um, 
safari hats. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like recently, I got like this hat, and it's like a, a safari hat, and then like it has like this netting that comes down, and so like you know, um, and it protects you from mosquitoes and all that stuff. Uh, I've been working outside in the garden lately, uh, like a lot more lately, and uh, you know, mosquitoes are always a problem. And now they can't touch me because I got my mosquito hat, like my my safari hat on. So, yeah, how you like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Jeff, is it just me, or are you talking shit about mosquitoes? <laughs> I am. <laughs> they ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> shots fired. Shots touch fired. Now, son. <laughs> Um, of course, as the show comes to a close, um, I'm going to say thank you to Kevin. Uh, you've been amazing and reconnecting with you, like I said before, ad nauseum is tremendous. I'm glad you're back in my life, my old friend. And yes, um, I'm only a hop, skip, and a jump away. I wasn't able to make that hop today, but I'll make that hop later on this week. And, uh, and Jeff, if you ever do come to the States, I will be more than happy to buy you a drink. And, and have dinner with yourself and your family and all that fun stuff in between. That'd be awesome, yeah. Um, so I will graciously bow out and let you guys close out the show. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's about it. But, you know, I would really like to thank you for coming, Adrian. It has been wonderful. Uh, and I hope a lot of people uh, head over your way and uh, check out your podcast because... It's a lot more uh, wonderful stuff over there as well. Uh, and I guess that's it for our July episode. All right. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Yep. So take care, everybody. <laughs> Good Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>